Blog Talk Radio. Not because of how we act today, 
and not because of our government and not because of the things necessarily we've done in the past, but the things brought us here, the things that historically we've risen up as people and been willing and able to do. Um, it's, it's, it's shown something to the world that's never been seen before and never been done before. And yet we forget about it on the regular. We, we lower ourselves to the least possible place. We find ourselves to be as sensitive as we can about anybody's anything. And I just want to go back in history just for a second and make a few points. One of the points is that the original people that came over um, to settle, the, the, the original settlers, not the original people that came over here, from Asia back, way back 10,000 years ago, but the, the, the English settlers that came over and the German settlers and the French settlers and all people that came over, many of them came over here to escape religious persecution. They came over here because they could be in a place where they could practice their beliefs without necessarily having a government hunting them down and, and causing them harm. And they weren't all the same beliefs. The colonies didn't necessarily all believe the same thing. And the colonies didn't necessarily respect the other one's beliefs. But they all came there, many of them came there, because they were being persecuted where they came from. And many of them came over um, because of poverty. My relatives came over from Germany. They were some of the Pennsylvania Deutsch settlers back in the 1600s. And um, we were poor farmers, and we weren't making it in Germany at the time. So we came over to, to give it a whirl. And um, some of my relatives fought in the Revolutionary War. They were some of the, the, the Continental Army um, that spilled blood for the first time on this land that wasn't even theirs. And, and that's a whole conversation. But what I'm trying to do is, is narrow down to these people that at one point became Americans before there was an America. And there have been some amazing people from those days all the way till now. There are amazing people today. Some of them get glory. Some of them never get known. But I just want to point out a guy by the name of George Washington. And he wasn't a perfect guy. He wasn't a god by any means. He had all kinds of flaws. But he got chosen to lead the Continental Army for a number of reasons. And I don't know if you know anything about this army, this very first army that stood up against the British Army that was one of the most powerful armies at the time. And these Americans that weren't even Americans yet, they didn't have anything. These guys were poor farmers. They were, there were, you know, some guys that had some resources. But frankly, this army, most of the time, didn't have food. Like, they literally had to go find food wherever they were, okay? This is not like a funded militia that was, you know, capable. There were... A lot of times in the very beginning stages of, the, of this war where the, the Continental Army, these guys didn't even have clothes. Like, no joke. These guys didn't have shoes on their feet. They didn't have clothes. They wrapped themselves up in burlap. They had literally nothing. But what they did have was a cause that united them that said, you know what? It's worth it for us to have nothing on our feet nothing in our belly, and maybe a, a bullet to put in our musket, maybe a, a stick to go throw at somebody, but it's worth it for us to go after because of the cause and because we believe not only in the cause but in the people that are leading us. And did you know that twice as many members of that First Continental Army died of sickness and starvation than died from enemy fire? Twice as many. It's, it's an unbelievable thing to think about the, 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 the tremendous spirit that these men had. And I look around today and I look at the people and the things that we're willing to complain about and, and, and oh, and, and, uh, and oh, can you believe, and all of this stuff. And nobody's willing to get out there and do anything about it. And I don't mean nobody. I don't want to offend everybody that's doing something. But, I mean, look at the difference of the character of these people. And I want to bring up a word, and this is a word that I'm going to be bringing up in, in future shows. This is a word that I am holding myself at task 
to be an example of. And this is an ancient Greek word, and the name of this word is erite. And the word erite in ancient Greek was a word for excellence. And it referred to excellence in character, excellence in morals, excellence in the way you lead your life. Erite, that is something that I believe Americans have in us. <laughs> we don't always carry it. We don't always use it. <clears throat> we don't always even know we have it. But I believe when we find that thing that calls us to act, when we find that thing that makes it important for us to behave a certain way, to speak a certain way, to act a certain way, maybe it's a child. A lot of times when somebody has a child, they, they, they discover that they have this thing in them, that they now have a responsibility, they now have a, a reason, a purpose that says, I need to be my best so I can show my child what that looks like. Maybe it is an animal. You take care of an animal and you want to just be your best so you can make sure you can take care of that animal. Maybe it's a greater cause. You know, for me, when they locked me up for pot, something woke up in me and I couldn't, I didn't even know I had it in me. And all of a sudden, whoa, I don't know where it came from, but boy, it was there and and, and, and it's still there and it's going to be there until either we uh, completely end cannabis prohibition or until I stop breathing. And And I believe that there's something in all of us or something that could bring this out in all of us that could access that erite that I believe that we all have. And before I bring up Wendy, and, and, and Craig is here with us as well, I want to remind everybody, as we're living in this political nightmare of, of a government that is just crazy, and, and, and the, the likelihood or possibility of another government that's just as horrible taking its place, no matter what is likely to happen, it's going to be horrible because of the government side. I want you to remember this. When did the government ever have your best interest in mind? When was the last time the government, the government, I mean your elected officials, I mean the Congress as a body, the Senate as a body, when was the last time the president really actually cared about you and not the influencers in his or or his world at this point. One day there will be a her world. But until then, his world, um, there's always been things that influenced him, and it was, you know, the, the big picture. But the big picture very seldom had the little guy in mind. And since the Industrial Revolution, um, there's been a big disparity between the government and industry and everybody else. And, frankly, there's been moments where I believe the government actually cared about us because they had to shortly after the Great Depression and we were all going hungry. They had to do something. There wasn't any way out of that. And uh, it, either it was all going to fall apart or they were going to step up and find some way to, to help us out. And uh, there have been a few moments throughout history, I believe, that the government has cared. But generally, remember this, the government is not for you. Even if they say they are, I can't think of a single example of that they are. And the second point that I want to make before I get into the show is all of this divisiveness. Think about it. Just think about it. Okay? As a nation, whether you believe and love our nation or not, we are a nation. Okay? And whether you believe that we're, you know, an isolationist nation or, or a global nation, we live in our own continent and we don't live in Europe. It's just geographically where we are, how we are. One of the reasons that we generally are not attacked. <coughs> Who benefits in the world from our people being divided? Just think about that for a second. Is it us in any way possible? Or is it possibly some of those who don't have our best interests in mind? I just want to put it out there. And on that note, I want to bring up my uh, uh, guest here, Wendy Love Edge. Wendy, welcome to the show. I uh, you. appreciate you quietly listening to my rant. And oh, it's very interesting. I, 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 
so adamantly that they were right, that they were willing to go to war for it. Right. I don't want to see that happen. I don't, no, I don't want to see that happen. War is never – no one wins. No one, no one wins. wins. And as much as I disagree with, with um, various things, I think people have the right to say what they want to say. People are always saying, well, I have freedom of speech. Yes, you do. Sometimes there are consequences to what you're saying. Absolutely. You have to say it. <laughs> Absolutely. And people hear you more – they hear you better when it's delivered with, with love and compassion, even when it's hard things, right? Um, you know, you, you brought up something I think that's super important. And, again, I want to spend a lot of time with you. I just think we should, we should do yeah, this I more think, often because I think we can go deep into some things. And this absolutely. is something that you, you, you talked about freedom of speech. And, 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 you know, I have a right to say anything I want. But I want people to realize that freedom is not – to be taken lightly. Freedom is a very sharp sword, and it cuts both ways. And with freedom comes an equal amount of responsibility. And we always think, I'm free like a little child, and I could just do anything, and there's no consequences. Or like a, a drunk person who just never gets caught. You know, there's those people out there that just blah, 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 and they do stupid crap, and somehow they get away with it until they don't. And then they go, oh, my God, what's happened? What's happened? It's like, well. Right. Was... It's a world of illusions is what that is. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and, frankly, you know, lots of people are living at an emotional age that's well below their chronological age. <laughs> we see it over and over and over. And when you, if you think about a person that you're having some difficulty with and you feel like, you know, this a misunderstanding or, you know, if you really think about them and look at where they are emotionally, it really helps. And then you can have a little more compassion, a little more understanding maybe, um, but it's not easy. And sometimes you're like, why are they doing this? Why are they saying that, you know? But you know, there's always reasons deep down. <laughs> that word compassion I think is a really important word. I think that, you know, people talk about empathy and compassion and, you know, empathy is just a bitch. I'm sorry to anybody who's empathic because I have a, a wife who's empathic and she suffers all the time. And she has these horrible experiences because she feels everything that everybody else is. Fortunately, I'm not. But but I do have compassion. And, and I don't have to feel your pain to uh, want to alleviate it. And Yeah. You I, have to learn to build some boundaries. I'm an empath, and there I'm sorry. <laughs> I can feel it in my whole body, you know, but I have learned over the years, okay, I'm going to stop for a minute and do some breathing and realize it's not mine. <laughs> and, and feeling it, you know, make, can make you sick. You know, you don't, you, you, you have to, you do have to try to do that. Sometimes it's not easy. The world is really tough, especially right now, but we've been through tough before. And made it through. We've been through so much worse than this, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just again, and just going back, like, I like to touch base on history because history is, is, it's not what we think it is a lot of times. And there's, there's a lot of history that we're taught and there's a lot of history that we're not taught. And, and history has been embellished and history has been, you know, gets written mm -hmm. by the victor and it doesn't get written by the loser sometimes. And, and at the end of the day, the truth is still the truth. And, you know, in the world, we literally are living in the best time there has ever been. In all of history, since man crawled out of a swamp, there's never been a better time to live than now. The world is more peaceful than it has ever been. People live longer than they've ever been. Do you realize that people used to die of hunger as the primary cause of death, all the way up until not too darn long ago. Yeah. I mean, and fortunately, there is some of that now. There is. Although I watch you and Bobby delivering food. All <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and, you know, here in Fayetteville, the Roots Festival, they couldn't hold the Roots Festival, the big music festival here. And instead, since March, they've been giving food to musicians every week. Nice. Um, and so there are projects all over trying to help people with this. But it's, it is still an issue, you know. And um, 
impress their values on some, somebody else, require it. They want to force it. They want to make other people change so they live better. No. You know, again, you know, you have to walk into the day to say, I'm going to make the best of the day for me. Not I'm going to make everybody else make a great day for me. Right. Indeed. Don't you think social media puts people in that position? Like, so, for instance, here, I live in, in Fayetteville, Arkansas area, and um, and the news outlets, when they post different news articles, the, the comments are so heinous most of the time. <laughs> it's really hard to read them, and then I feel like I have to respond, right? So I'm, my new thing is I'm, I'm not going to respond. It's not my deal. I can read the article and not respond to these comments, you know, but it's very hard, and I think that social media incites that, you know. And so you feel like when you read a comment that seems so ridiculous and hurtful to other people, it's your job to, to fix it, right? But you can, you can read it and say nothing, and then it doesn't perpetuate the problem going back and forth with someone you don't even know over something that you're never going to agree on. <laughs> and it's okay to have different opinions. Like you said, don't impose, don't push, you know. You can have your own opinion. You're bringing up some really great points. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was it was about indifference. And sometimes it's a really important thing to be indifferent. Like, we all feel like we have to care about everything. And, and, and we have a, a, a sensitive nature to what other people think. And I think that it's really weak of us, and I'm just honest, and, and that's what I think. What it, I'm just telling you what I think, but I think it's a huge weakness when we let what other people think about us affect us. And, you know, the truth is, whoever you are, there's people that are going to like you, and there's people that are not going to like you, and there's people that are going to talk good about you when you're not around, and there's going to be people that talk shit about you when you're not around. And most of that has nothing to do with you. No. That's who they are. Exactly. And, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, absolutely. But social media makes it to where, you know, how many times, like, I've mostly divorced myself from social media. I go in there and I post something and I leave. And don't scroll. Don't scroll. I don't scroll. <laughs> I go and I find something, and sometimes I put an article that I think is very poignant, and, and, and I watch. And when I get really deep and I put something that's really poignant, nobody says a word. I'm like, oh, really? You're thinking it, but you won't say it on my page because you know I've got something to say back about it. And it's not that I'm even laying out what my opinions are about any of this political crap because, frankly, that's what it all is. It's all political crap. If you get down to it long and short of it, both sides – and there should be a third side and a fourth side and a fifth side, but until there are, both sides are trying to do what Craig was talking about, impose their will on us and cause us to do certain things in a certain way. Regardless of which side is in power, one side says, well, you guys all have to behave this way. And the other side says, well, you guys all have to behave that way. Or we're not going to be okay with it, and you're bad. And and that's that's unfortunate because – it's not true. And the government really doesn't have the authority to tell us how to behave. And when they start doing that, and we start letting them do that, that's when we start getting into a place where we oughtn't be. And that's the part where the, that our founders warned us about over and over again about the government. They said, watch out. This thing's going to get a hold of itself. Overreach. Uh-huh. And, and, yeah, and, I mean... I, I hear you. I think I think self reliance um, has taken a back seat for a long time. I say that because there's many reasons. So many people had been working two and three jobs. Mm-hmm. They certainly wouldn't have time to have a little garden for their own food, or um, or even take care of their own children because they're trying to pay for it. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. You know, I, I lived some of that years ago, you know, just trying to, I had a great job actually, but I was a single mom trying to, trying to 
cause with COVID and the ongoing pandemic has shown people that they really need to find a way to be more self-reliant, that they can do a lot of things at home and that they can grow their own food and they can store some things in case of an emergency. You know, and so taking the time to do all that and and have a sense of self-reliance, I think, elevates people. Well, you, know, you know what I, else? I, you know, even though it's a tough time, you see people a little elevated about that idea. Well, wow, you know, um, I'm actually cool if I had to be stuck here for a month or two. I've got what I need, and things are going okay. Well, you, you know? know, the other thing that starts to happen when things get ugly and, and the world isn't what it used to be is little communities start to develop mm-hmm. in real actual, I mean, actual real communities, not, yes. not Facebook yes. groups and, and <laughs> where, yes. where people actually talk to each other and spend time together. And, and maybe, um, you know, I've watched um, a, a lot of, you know, little garden co-ops starting to happen. And, you know, one person grows too many tomatoes and the other person grows too many carrots mm-hmm. and we get back to, I don't know, maybe a, a simpler way of life where where we can rely on those in our inner circle and, 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 and even those in our outer circle a little bit for certain things. Yeah. Somebody said to me one time when I was living in Massachusetts, you know, it was a cute little neighborhood, and, and I, I was thinking one day, um, so the houses are pretty close together there, and, and everyone has a little yard, right? And every single person has all the tools they need for their own little yard. And I was like, why do we do that? Like, right. why don't we each get, like, a lawnmower and a one person has a lawnmower, one, right? Right. And, and make it more like a community. Yeah. But then, you know, I said it to one of the neighbors because they thought I was nuts. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it just seems so crazy to me. You're like, you know, right there. <laughs> you know, if you need my lawnmower, you could use mine. Right. I could use your trimmer. Right. Then, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Um, in Here in California and some of the rural areas, they – they have a community well, and so they'll they'll drill a well, and that well will 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 take care of just you know ten or twenty houses, and they all chip in and 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 they pay for the maintenance of the pump and the electricity and the tanks and whatever else that they need. But that little community is self-sufficient with their water needs because of of that. Now, of course, yeah. if something goes wrong with that well, that community doesn't have you know, tapped into some other greater source. But, you know, it, it's a way to do things where, you know, we rely on the government pit so many times in so many ways. And I think that we've sort of, I don't know, we've lost our connection to where things come from. And, 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 and you know, what, it, what would you do if all of a sudden the government wasn't there? You know, I know what I would do, but what would you do? You know, and a lot of people, I think they – they wouldn't have an answer, you know. And yeah, yeah, it's good to have a plan. I think that's shown us that's become evident to more people now. You know, it's good to have some sort of plan how you take care of yourself and your family and keep going. You know. Well, I'm um, going to take a, a quick 30 second break here. Um, you guys are listening to a cup of Joe, and I have uh, Wendy Love Edge here with me, and I have Craig Cecil here with me, and this is a podcast that is not. Um, commercial. You're never going to hear, you know, commercials being played. This is um, a volunteer, a gift from, from me and the Human Solution and everybody who has helped us produce it and everybody who participates in it. And I believe this is a value. I believe that uh, this show can cause good in the world. And if you believe that, I'm going to ask you to tell somebody about it. Share it. Let people know. If we do that, the show will grow and reach more people and help more people. Um, if we don't do that, the show will get smaller and do less good. So, um, again, it comes down to that accountability. Anybody who knows me knows I'm all about personal accountability, and I'm taking on that accountability to let you guys know that um, if you want this show to get bigger and, and, and have a greater reach, share it around, tell somebody about it, and um, that's it. If you want to call in the show right now um, and, and um enter the conversation about accountability and and we're going to get talking about all kinds of stuff. Um, it's a phone number, 646-929-2495. Uh, anybody's welcome to call in and talk about anything. Uh, if you get abusive, it won't last very long. Um, but you know what? In seven years of doing this show, I've invited everybody who hates me to come on the show and have a conversation. 
I've invited everybody who doesn't agree with me to come on the show and have a conversation. And one time a cop came on, and he was he begun the conversation with, I disagree with you, and he ended the conversation with, well, you know, you're right. And that's it. One time in seven years has anybody actually taken up my uh, challenge, but I do welcome it. You know, when I put out a, uh, an opinion about something, I mean it. I stand behind it. Uh, I'm not here just instigating crap. Um, and I'm, I, I walk the walk, I, I talk the talk, and I, and I want you to help. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, that's what this is all about. We're either part of a problem or we're part of a solution, and I believe that we all have it within us to be part of the solution to make this world better, and that's what this show's about. So onward. So tell me, Wendy, um, let's see. We, we came together, um, I think it was pretty much through the Walk for Change, is how I met you, yeah. and um, we, we've done a couple of interviews. You've been on my show. I've been on your show. We did a, another show who, who now that the host of that show has gotten involved a little bit, and um, I know you've been really active in, in health care reform and, um, and, and that end of it, and part of what I'm looking to do is figure out, you know, where our orbits intertwine yeah. so that we can – be better allies. So tell me about, you know, what drives you? What what what's important in your world? Yeah, well, so I um I worked in healthcare for 25 years. I was an occupational therapist, and um, I uh, got sick in 2011, and um, they told me I was going to die from a disease called dermatomyositis, and the journey started there, I guess, that this journey, it, the whole journey started much earlier probably, um, but um, but I was in a wheelchair and couldn't care for myself, um, and I ended up on 16 pharmaceutical drugs, and after working in mainstream healthcare for so long, you know, it didn't occur to me really that that was a big problem, everything was treating different things, and of course there were lots of opiates and um Gabapentin, the list was just endless of the drugs, and I was—I didn't realize how out of my mind I was. But um, um, I got a little better over the next couple of years, but still was walking on arm crutches. Still was on all the drugs. They kept telling me I had to take them all because I had a diagnosis to go with every drug. Um, and um, I had a life change and found myself alone and trying to deal with this. Still couldn't drive, still couldn't do a lot of things, but I had progressed a little bit. And uh, and I had an epiphany, really, which was that your body knows how to heal itself. It something I already knew, but I'd kind of forgotten about because I believed the doctors. And uh, once I heard that in my head, um, it started the journey started going in a different direction. So if I had stuck with, with the, you know, the big pharma products and all that, I would have died. I'm very sure of it. Um, but uh, I started weaning off the drugs and was reintroduced to cannabis, which really saved my life. I was able, It helped me through the withdrawal process, was treating the different various um, chronic illnesses I had. I, you know, I have heart disease, I have stents in my heart, I have diabetes. Um, so I was already already had issues when this happened. Um, so what what drove me then actually what happened was I started looking more into natural health, and everything I wanted to do I was reaching into my pocket which was very thin <laughs> to try to pay for, and practitioners would give me a break like the chiropractor was you know half price. But that's not fair either, right? And the acupuncturist would give me a couple of free visits or, you know, a reduced rate. I mean, everybody needs to survive. This is the way our society works, so it's not fair to the practitioners. Um, and then the cannabis. You know, I was in Massachusetts. Thankfully, I, we were in Arkansas when I got sick, nearly bankrupted by the health system here, which is so broken. It's broken everywhere, but it's, it's very broken. And so when we went back to Massachusetts, I knew we would get more help, but but still, you know, it, um, everything that really equaled health, I had to pay for out of my pocket, even though I had insurance. Wow. Right? So so I could have driven to the, down the street and got all my pills for next to nothing if I wanted to stay on them or the injections. But I didn't want it that. I was trying to improve my life. And 
as I was weaning off the drugs, as I came out of withdrawal and, you know, it's like a big wake up. I was like, this illness was the best education I ever had. Bar none. The whole process, everything. I had never in my life had to go to a food bank to get food. I didn't know it was filled with processed food and a bunch of crap. (laughs) I had never not, you know, used the regular physician's office as my base. Now I, I didn't want that. I wanted natural doctors and chiropractors and, you know, people who I felt were really helping me. They were touching my body, figuring out what they could do to help me. I say that because it's a point I'm making because when you go to a physician, a regular allopathic physician nowadays, they barely touch you, right? They're not really examining you and figuring out how they can help. And they're writing a prescription, which may or may not help in the moment. I'm not saying all the all the drugs are bad. Nowadays they're doing telemedicine. Yeah, right. And, you know, so they're and not, writing a prescription. Know, <laughs> it's not a, a healing environment very frequently. And what I was seeing with making this transition was the healing environment. In Massachusetts, I had, um, I had a caregiver who grew for me. Like, he came to my house and sat with me and talked about symptoms, diseases, went home, and then came back a couple of days later with samples for me to try. Like, this is what I think will help you because you're having this problem and that problem. And that, to me, was really practicing medicine, you know. Um, So because it was hard to pay for those things, and I had a little bit of help from friends who could, and help from practitioners who gave some free stuff or reduced rates. I got, I it, it, it enraged me. <laughs> I, I it, this passion just welled up in me, and I was like, I was at home with my son at the time. He was 14. Antonio, he's 20 now. Um, and he said, he said, Ema, I know. I think, I think if we start a nonprofit, we can reach out and see how we can, you know, help people with this. I really wanted to change the health system, not to change it, to build a new one. I still want to. Um, but I, because we can complain about it all we want. I did a lot of um, public speaking about how bad it was and about pharmaceutical companies and that kind of thing. And we can fight that system, but I don't think that's the path to change. The path to change is starting a new one that includes all of these things. I couldn't um, agree more. And yeah, so I, so Antonio and I were up like for 24 hours. We actually like did everything to uh, fill out all the paperwork to start a nonprofit, just the two of us. And then he started a website. We called it Bulldozer Health, and there's reasons for that. Um, but uh, anyway, we just kind of did it and. You know, by 2014, you know, we, we became a 501c3. So for six years, I was running this thing as a volunteer, gathering volunteers, creating community. We've operated in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, um, Arkansas. Arkansas was so far from the Northeast where I went back to. Yeah, a whole different I, world. I couldn't leave it. It was like the system was so broken that I nearly died, of, you know, I, we have so I'm like scraping things together to come back and forth to Arkansas to hold the health fairs. We we started networking with alternative health providers, and then we'd hold these health fairs where we'd give free care to the public when they when they came. Then I started take back your health America benefit concerts, and at those concerts we had we had 38 bands I think all together that performed in the four states. That was all grassroots fundraising, and the money was used to help people pay for natural health. Nice. In, um, in Massachusetts, they connected with growers, and would, we would gift cannabis to patients because legalization does not equal access no. at all. No. <laughs> you know, so all these frustrations that I ran into when I was trying to take back my own health, I just couldn't leave it for other people to, to try to, to figure it out. So. Um, you know, we helped a lot of people. I'm saying helped, and I'm, you know, starting to really let everyone know that I've decided to close Bulldozer Health. I think it's a, I think we did what we could with that platform. Um, you know, the shows that we did, 
because part of our mission was education, and the, the mission is to educate everyone right. about all their health options. So that's how we ended up with all these shows. And I realized really quickly that media was the way. You know, we started with the Bulldozer Health Show. My wife produced it. Um, she and I really did everything for that show, learned a lot. Um, some on location, some in the studio. Um, the last season of it was on KNWA, uh, NBC, here in, in Fayetteville, late at night. <laughs> but it was on. And, and then we abandoned that and went to the Wendy Levitt show with Chopra Kogan. The whole purpose is that the shows are fun and interesting. It's, it's re the purpose really is education. Right. We also want to entertain and well, create Well, it's hard community. to get people's attention if you're not entertaining them. You know, yeah, the, the, you know, you have to have that entertainment in there. Yeah. And create community. It's, I, that's one of the things that I'm really good at is creating community, having everyone feel like they're a needed part of the community. And um, I realized that as we went along, here I'm creating community, and, um, and, and I'll continue to do that. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> I know we're going to continue the show. We are continuing the show. People seem to love it, and it keeps growing. It's grown a lot in quarantine, actually. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we're going to do that. My, my wife um, and I started an online radio station. It's Cannabis and Music, and okay. uh, we invite people to submit cannabis shows and music. Um, and so we're doing that. Things we can do from home. We both have chronic conditions, so we've, we've been here since March. Wow. <laughs> and um, and I, I have had some health setbacks. So here's the thing, and I, I'm saying this to you, and I'm sure Bobby's listening somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's yeah. behind the scenes on the show, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and I've said this to him some, and the reason I'm, I say it is because I've, I'm, I've lived it. So passionate and caring about everyone and wanting everyone to have what they need, I put myself at the bottom again, right? You cannot do that. You cannot do that. I ended up with, you know, health, lots of health setbacks in the last six months, but I'm, I'm building back out. Good. And I'm, I really want to know that I've, I've learned that lesson now. Yeah. Because this is not the first time. Yeah. And this was not as bad as the last time, right? Yeah. But for you, for all of us, you know, activism is a 24-7 thankless job, yes. really. Right? <laughs> um, and Indeed. Yeah. Sometimes it's worse than thankless. It's actually painful. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if you have health conditions, you, you have to attend to those. Put yourself first. It's not selfish. I agree. Then you have more energy. Well, you can't, you can't give somebody from an empty cup. I mean, no, you cannot. You cannot. And people say it all the time. <laughs> the people who say it sometimes are saying it so they hear it. <laughs> hear what right? I say. Don't worry about what I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, along the way, I was saying it to everyone as I did way too many things and had my attention in too many directions. So, um, so it's not a bad thing that Bulldozer Health comes to an end. And we are going to make a contribution to the Human Solution um, to the Warp for Change with the end of our funds that we have. Um, lots of grassroots fundraising. We will have some left. Uh, so we wanted to donate to the Warp for Change and to the Matt Adams Foundation for Opiate Recovery. Wonderful. Um, Matt Adams uh, passed away from opiates. And um, I, I spoke at an event they had here. They're phenomenal. They're giving out Narcan everywhere. They're meeting with the police. They're
the year, but I, I, I talk about grit as I think the thing that separates those who do and from everybody else. And, you know, sometimes it's overcoming a hardship. Sometimes it's overcoming a, a, an emotional um, hardship. Sometimes it's overcoming a, a, a freedom hardship. Sometimes it's overcoming a financial hardship, a physical hardship, all the things that life throws at you. Sometimes it's just staying the course and still showing up and bringing whatever you got. Sometimes you don't have a lot. Sometimes you got everything, but right, just, yeah. Just, and sometimes you have to switch gears. And yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I, I thought about it for a long time and talked to several people. But I think I talked to Bobby about it actually at one point. Yeah. Um, and and I just realized, you know, it, it it's okay to end one thing yes. and rest a bit and figure out what's the best course of action. You know, and and I know that the show will continue to educate and create community. And we're not about to stop doing that because that's just my heart. You know? Yeah, 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 and, absolutely. And, you know, and then the rest, we'll see. You know, I love, um, I think the radio station also will help create some community. We're, we're reaching out, letting people know you can, you know, I, I love, I actually am enjoying finding cannabis-themed music, like, every day, <laughs> like, adding <laughs> to the playlist and, um, and doing our, we started, uh, now we're starting actually, at 3 o'clock Central till 5.30 because a lot of people in the Northeast were getting on. We can see when people are getting on. And uh, we weren't, you know, for 4.20, here it's 3.20. So <laughs> we want everybody to, you know. Right, right, yeah, the whole time zone thing, right. Yeah, and um, so it is that. And then we'll see. Um, you know, I love the Walk for Change. The Walk for Change encompasses all these different aspects that are so important. It's not just one thing. It's not just cannabis. It's not just healthcare. It's not just food. It's everything. Well, it's empowerment. You know, you know? I mean, so I, I love I love that, and I've been excited to be you know a part of it. I don't know. Are you are you still planning to actually do the walk part? Well, you know, here here's where we're at with it. Um, the Walk for Change just sponsored, along with the Human Solution and myself and Bobby, uh, a food truck. Um, to to transport a huge amount of food down to southern Oregon um, for disaster relief. And we're officially tying these organizations to the nonprofit that's running it. Mm-hmm. And part of what we're doing is raising awareness. As an all-volunteer organization, you know, you're dealing with, with squirrels and rabbits. You know, they just they come and they go and they come and they go and they come and they go. And, you know, the most difficult thing is to gather enough people for long enough to be able to execute something. And then I even, and this is driving me nuts, and the first time I've really talked about it publicly, but my company sponsored the Walk for Change in a substantial way, and we hired a media company to actually help us raise some money so that we could, you know, really get the message out and really raise this thing up. And that media company dropped the ball on us so hard, I'm actually having to sue them. I've never had to sue anybody in my life. And I'm literally having to go after this company because they took my money and gave me back nothing but a but a logo. And and that was not the deal. Oh, that's terrible. Just completely. You know, it's so hard to know who to trust sometimes. Oh, that's a whole God. Thing. You know, um, especially if you're not in person with someone. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult, but that's that's terrible, especially since it's a charitable. It was all a nonprofit donation, a gift, everything. And and you know the thing was is and and we're totally out of time, but I got a time machine. I can turn the dial up just a little bit. But the whole thing was is this company was like we totally believe in you. We believe in this 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 effort, and we're totally, you know, supportive of all that, and I'm like, okay, I can trust them, and then wham, and so, anyhow, listen, I so much want to spend more time with you, um, and it can be off the air, on the air, I I believe that there's something for us to do together, and and I think just talking is going to be a part of it. Craig, I know you didn't get three words in edgewise today, um, but you know what? Sometimes I spend the whole show talking. Last show we couldn't hear you. You had to call in. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a it was a technical glitch. But 
Um, I'm, I'm out of time, but I want to give you the last couple of minutes to to give your two cents. What do you What do you got going on, Craig? Well, just a lesson that you two have learned, and uh, hopefully that you you've taught me and taught others. It's reaching out to other people and helping other people just makes it a whole lot easier to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> it, it, just, it just makes your days worthwhile. It, it makes it so your days can be happy. Some people, no matter how hard you try to help them, it doesn't work. But, but at least you can say, you can get up the next morning and say, I'm going to help this person because most times it, it does make their lives better. And it makes my life better doing that. Absolutely. Well, you've been able to be on both ends of that, and that's that's. It's it's really important for everybody that understands the value of a purpose. And and I think a lot of people walk around sometimes, you know, when something burns out or doesn't go right, a relationship goes south, or or you get find out you're sick, or somebody you love gets sick. It it, it like puts a blanket over that purpose, that fire, that that thing that that you can't wait to get up to be part of. And I think that, that, you know, you nailed it, is it. helping other people. You know, you there, there's, a, there's an old saying that says you can uh, make your life better. You can get what you want if you can help other people get what they want. And you can, if you make other people's life better, it'll make your life better. It's just, it, it's that secret. It's what volunteering is all about. It's what being part of the solution is all about. Underneath it all, it's all about, making the world a little better, being there for somebody. And it could be listening to them when somebody needs to talk. It could be giving them an opportunity. It could be giving them advice, helping them in some way. It doesn't matter. There's always a way. Um, but being open to that, I think, is the key to it all. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, I know you've been through a lot of crap and, um, and, and, and more than most people even know about. And you're still out here plugging away and just so you know craig we're working hard on um creating a legal clinic that is going to be funded by the 501c3 and we're actually getting ready to start doing a fundraiser to hire a grant writer to be able to fund this legal clinic out of that we may be able to offer you a job and if we're able to do that it would be the perfect thing because you would be able to work from where you are um, in a, a research capacity in in whatever the way that we were able to do it, but if we're working on getting some funding so that we actually could have a legitimate um, staff in and, and be able to reach out to law schools um, and, and attorneys, paralegal offices. With a funded project, it would change everything rather than just being an all-volunteer thing that we're doing. So we're working on that right now in, in, in drafting a, a fundraiser so that we can create this legal clinic. We have a self-help legal clinic sort of framework already, and but it's, it, it, it doesn't have a lawyer behind it or two. And, and, and that makes a big difference in, in our ability to represent um, a case. And, and it, even just to be able to submit a, a paper sometimes, having a, an attorney who knows how to do it right, who knows how to, you know, the rules of evidence, the rules of submitting things. Like we filed a, a amicus brief in a couple of appellate cases, and I had to go through and study and study and study how to do it right. But a lot of people just do stuff, and they think they're helping, and it just doesn't even get accepted because it's not being done correctly. And, and having a, a legal professional um, – on staff or, or even, you know, willing to do pro bono because we have the backing of the nonprofit and, and an actual project. I think there's a huge element that we can take and, and go a long way with it. So we're, we're working on that right now um, in the background. So anyways, Craig, always a pleasure. Wendy, did you want to give a last plug or any, uh, any way somebody can reach you? Anything that you want to share? Anything I want to share? Um, yeah, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, um, if you're um, in health and wellness or anything related to plant medicine, uh, please email me, the Wendy Levin Show at gmail.com. Um, if your music or art, um, it's Mike Kinkle Booking at gmail.com. He does our, our booking for music and art. And um, yeah, so 
please reach out. Um, if you have a request for the radio station, also, you know, reach out, send it to us. Um, and uh, we are uh, putting together an indie music show. I think it's going to be on Sunday. So if you're an indie musical artist, you know, that email address is different, aedgeproductions at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. And if everybody who knows who's listening to the show, we have a, a musician that maybe you've heard of that endorsed us a while back, and let's see what he has to say today. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind. 